Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away, and if you're local, you will dial 702-650-5588 if you'd like to join in on our discussion today. If you have a prayer request, a praise report, a general comment, we'd love to hear from you. Again, that number is 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. That toll-free number would be 800-366-8883. Again, that toll-free number would be 800-366-8883. If you are joining us via the web, some of you already know the address, but I'd like to give it to you. KKVV's web address is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. We're also being streamed live over at Save the Lost at All Costs' website. Our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, we do encourage you to visit our website. And that web address, again, is www.savethelostlv.org. Just look for radio broadcasts. Uh, We archive them every week. There are a lot for you to listen to. Uh, The gospel is always free on our watch, so it's no charge. And we encourage you to listen with someone that you love. If you have a cell phone, most of us do. I encourage you to listen to KKVV on your cell phone. And that phone number is 563-999-3194. I really encourage you to put it under your cell phone contacts. It would be probably one of the best contacts that you have. You can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. Again, that cell phone number to listen to KKVV is 563-999-3194. It only works in the United States. If you have an Apple device, we are being archived at iTunes, again, at no charge, so you can listen to us again with your iTunes device. All right, so we're going to get right into it. I just want to do something, so give me a moment, and we're going to get into our topic. I want to be able to share a great resource with you, and I do have it. On my website, I believe in great study material. So this is a a great study, too, and I want to definitely be able to share it with you. And it is called gotquestions.org. Again, gotquestions.org. So it's uh, just like it sounds, G-O-T-Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S dot org. And I do have my Greek word for you. I mean, every week uh, I'd like to give you a Greek word, and I have it, so I definitely want to give it to you. Uh, 
And the Greek word for today is the word for mother. So it comes out of Strong's 3384. That would be the number again, Strong's 3384. And it is the word for mother, and it is mater. Mater. And it looks like meter, which would be spelled M-E-T-E-R, but there are accents over both E. So again, it's M-E-T-E-R, accents over both E, is the word for mother, and the Greek word is mater. So uh, Strong's 3384. So that's our Greek word for today. And I want to share a resource with you. Again, I said it's gotquestions.org, um, G-O-T-Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S dot org. Now, this is a fantastic resource. Uh, it has answered 542,748 Bible questions. That's just how wonderful this resource is. So I actually have it on my website under uh, Biblical uh, Resources. So have at it. It's great. And I took one of the questions off of there today, and it was very intriguing. You know, I use it to uh, help me study and to uh, make sure that uh, I am lining up with the Word of God. And a question that's on there is, is it biblical to refer to God as God the mother? Again, again, the question we're going to use or address today, is it biblical to refer to God as God the mother? So uh, I know I got your attention with that one. It pretty much got my attention, got me to thinking. And uh, I was pretty sure of the answer. But I wanted to see what uh, GodQuestions.org uh, decided to do with addressing this question. Uh, it's a powerful question. And I think that uh, it is worthy to be looked at. Now, I want to go to uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. So let's go over there again to um, Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. And I'm in the New King James Version. So I want to be able to read this verse to you. And the word of God says this again, Genesis chapter three, verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Now we have to understand that Eve is a created being, just like we are a created being. We are made in the image of God. God is our creator. We are the creation. So when we look at God, Look at him in the light as who could be his equal. When you're thinking about this question, is it biblical to refer to God as God the mother? So we see that Eve was created after Adam. And Adam referred to her as the mother of all living. Now, they had children together. He never worshipped his wife as a god. So we definitely have to be mindful of that. So let's look at what GodQuestions.org has to have about this topic. So it says the answer. The first thing to recognize is that God does not have a body. And therefore does not have a gender. In the technical sense, at the same time, 
God is consistently referred to as our Heavenly Father in Scripture, never as a Heavenly Mother. Now, it's going to go even further, and we're going to look at uh, some Scripture uh, that it's going to refer us to. So, um, make sure that uh, you get your Bibles open and come along for this journey. Again, our question for the day, is it biblical to refer to God as God the Mother? So I want us to uh, be ready to write down some scripture as it is instructing us so that we can follow along with uh, how GodQuestions.org is answering this very important question. And the beautiful thing is, is that that's what this website is devoted to, uh, is answering biblical questions. So I'm very excited to know about the resource and to share the resource with you. And I really encourage you to uh, go back and, you know, look at other things. Uh, they answer many questions. So I'm very excited to have this available to us. And I've used it for a number of years. So I am getting the scriptures prepared, so uh, be a little bit patient with me as we uh, get ready to look at this a little bit more closely, and then that way uh, things can flow pretty quickly, because uh, it is uh, quite uh, extensive how they answer the question. So I'm very excited about that. It's just not uh, a one scripture and done. So it says, there are a few places in Scripture where God describes himself in motherly terms, in that he does some of the things that a mother might do, like comfort or feed her children. Uh, we go to Hosea eleven three four. So let's go to that. So we are in Hosea chapter 11, verses 3 and 4, and the Word of God says this, Verse 3, And I taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. For I drew them with gentle cords, with bands of love, and I was to them as though who take the yoke from their neck. I stooped and fed them. And now it tells us to go to Deuteronomy chapter 32 and look at verse 18. So let's do that. So we're going to go to Deuteronomy, and that would be chapter 32, verse 18. So I am turning. And the Word of God says this. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 18. On the rock... Who begot you, you are unmindful and have forgotten the God who fathered you. So that would be Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 18. And then it tells us to go to uh, the book of Isaiah. And we need to go to Isaiah 42. So let's move over to Isaiah 42. I'm turning. Isaiah 42, and we are going to look at verse 14. And the Word of God says, I have held my peace a long time. I have been still and restrained myself. Now I will cry like a woman in labor. I will pant and gasp at once. 
And then it tells us to go to Isaiah 49. So let's go to Isaiah 49. So I'm turning the page. And it says to go to verse 15. And the word of God says this. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. And then it says go to Isaiah 66. So that would be the last chapter. And it says go to verse 13. And the word of God says this. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. And you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. There are about a dozen more verses where God speaks of gathering his children under his wings. As in Psalm 91, verse 4. So let's go to Psalm 91. And let's look at verse 4. So Psalm 91 verse 4 reads, He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. However, in Psalm 91, masculine pronouns are clearly used. So we want to go back to... Deuteronomy, and we were in chapter 32, so it tells us to look at chapter 32, but this time we're going to look at verses 11 and 12. And the Word of God says this, verse 11, as an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. Verse 12, So the Lord alone led him, and there was no foreign God with him. As comparing, so some cite Deuteronomy 32, verses 11 and 12, as comparing God's actions with those of a mother eagle. And so we read the verses. Notice, however, that the text does not refer to a mother eagle. And eagles are one species of bird where the father will also sit on the nest, even if it's granted that God does some things that a mother commonly does, he is still father, just as a human father may do some things that a mother normally does, but is still the father, not the mother. If God does not have literal gender, why does it matter if he's called the father or mother? In brief, because God the father is a biblical term. Remember the question, is it biblical to refer to God as God the mother? So uh, therein is that God the father is a biblical term. So let's look and see where that is pronounced. 
So it tells us to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. And it says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And God the Mother is not. The ideal of God as mother usually comes to the fore when discussing issues of gender equality and gender roles as defined in the Bible. The Bible teaches that men and women have different yet complementary roles. Both men and women are made in God's image. We will find this in Genesis 1.28. So let's go over that and go to Genesis 1.28. And the Word of God says this, Then God blessed them, and God said to them both, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay. So that was Genesis one twenty-eight. But... If we look at Genesis one twenty six, is what I think they meant to say. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all, the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So that was Genesis one twenty six, And let's look at Genesis one twenty seven. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. So we looked at Genesis one twenty seven, excuse me, one twenty six, one twenty seven, and one twenty eight. So let's continue to read. It says both men and women are made in God's image and are equal before God, both in sin and salvation. However, God, for his own purposes, has designated men to be leaders in the home and church. And he holds men responsible for how they exercise their authority. Since God is the ultimate leader, his position is best conveyed in masculine terms, such as father and king, rather than mother and queen. God the Father and God the Son are both masculine titles, and the Holy Spirit is consistently referred to with masculine pronouns. God has revealed himself as male, and he is referred to by male pronouns throughout the Bible. To call God mother is unbiblical. There are evangelical Christians who reject the ideal of gender roles and male headship. They would suggest that the society in which scripture was written was Uh, I know the word, and uh, patriarchal, patriarchal, I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but it has to do when uh, fathers 
are leading or males are leading. And while the worldwide is reflected in the Bible's use of language, it does not carry divine endorsement. However, evangelicals who believe this would not normally go as far as to call God mother, usually those who promote using the title God the mother are solidly outside the evangelical camp and view the Bible as a human work written by men and simply reinforcing the long-standing and self-serving patriarchal system in which they lived. It is reported that a well-known Bible translator was approached by someone who felt that the translation he was working on should use feminine pronouns to refer to God. The translator asked if feminine pronouns should be used to refer to the devil as well. Resist the devil and she will flee from you. That rejoinder was not well received. Unfortunately, in our society, many mothers do reflect the loving, caring, and providing nature of God better than fathers who have often failed to live up to their God-given responsibilities. Many people would testify that they have trouble with the concept of God as father because they associate him with their absent or abusive human fathers. The solution is to get to know God, the Father, as He really is, not to substitute Him with God, the Mother. Wow, that was very powerful. And, you know, what really stood out to me was um, this translator that had been approached. And... Uh, wanted... Uh, was asked whether to uh, consider using a translation with feminine pronouns to refer to God. However, when they suggested, well, why don't you consider it being that the devil be referred to as a she too, resist the devil and she will flee from you, uh, that wasn't well received. See, you know, you can't have it one way. And then it can't be that systematically throughout the text. So we, we have to understand that. And that really, really, you know, got my attention. And I thought that was uh, a great use of an apologetic, you know, to be uh, an apologetic, to be a defender of the faith. That um, when you're trying to change uh, what God has set up what God is teaching, what God wants us to get, that uh, it's very, very dangerous when you start wanting to interchange things that should not be interchanged. And um, that was very, very powerful. And I'd like to, you know, keep that in my arsenal that I will need to use to defend the faith. And uh, I'm very... Uh, glad for this lesson. I was very glad uh, that that question was asked and that GotQuestions.org uh, spent a lot of time uh, giving scriptural references to God's characteristic of being loving and caring and feeding 
you know, his children. But that's what a father does because a father is a, a, a provider as well. When we look at uh, Adam in Genesis, uh, before Eve was created, you know, God spent a, a lot of time with Adam, you know, face to face. They fellowship together in the cool of the day, the scripture tells us, and that um, he was being taught a lot of things. And God was teaching Adam, you know, how to care for the things of the garden and that um, it was important that he knew how to care, that he knew how to uh, teaching him ultimately how to be a provider and that um, his place was very important because God is first, then Adam was created, which represents a man, then Eve. And, you know, they work together. They complement one another because Eve was created to be a suitable helpmate for Adam. But Adam had to spend time with God alone and had to really understand what was required of him as a son. Because if he couldn't quite grasp what was required of him as a son, then he would have a very hard time grasping what was required of him as a father then the next progressive sanctification would be to be a husband. It's very important that he understood what was required of him. So they spent a lot of time together. It's important that we understand our essence and our function so that we can really see how we actually manifest God's plan. And his will for our lives. Sometimes there were people who will never pick up the Bible for whatever reason. And we are their concept of God the Father. You know, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. We are their concept of the Word of God, the living, breathing Word of God, and all that it entails. So it's very important. That we respect and honor what God has established. See, his kingdom is not of a worldly sense. See, one thing about a worldly kingdom is constantly changing. They're always instituting, you know, new laws, new regulations. It all depends on who's popular, who's not. It's all about a self thing. And God is not narcissistic in that way. He's caring. He's loving. He's kind. He's long-suffering. He understands and dispenses His mercy, His grace. He cares for us. Yes, He disciplines us. But he disciplines us in love. He has a plan for us. He has a future for us. He understood that we were going to make mistakes. And a lot of the mistakes had terrible consequences. But they weren't so terrible that he didn't have a plan for salvation for us. For redemption for us. For eternal life for us. 
He is eternal. So anything associated with him is eternal. His breath is eternal. We did not become alive, a living soul, until he breathed into us. If he has no beginning and end, why would his breath have a beginning or an end? It wouldn't. And even though the body will die, all bodies will experience the first death. But we don't have to experience the second death when we're in a relationship. And see, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has said that if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. He didn't say if you saw the Mother, you've seen me. He said if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. He says, I do nothing without my Father. See, he was of a divine birth. An immaculate conception. That involved him not being conceived as we are conceived. With a natural mother and a natural father. His father was supernatural in all senses. In every aspect. So, it makes sense. And I appreciate this very deep, insightful question. A lot of us have not had good earthly fathers. For whatever reason. But they may not have had good earthly fathers. They may not have had a good teacher. And did we ever think that that would give us more empathy? Did we ever think that that would give us great insight? And the things that may afflict people. That we would be able to relate to their pain. Their disappointment. Their need and their hunger. To be understood. And to be recognized. See we have a great opportunity here. Men and women of God. Joseph didn't waste his opportunity. When he was sold. Into slavery by his brothers. And placed in a prison. He made that prison so hospitable. For everybody that was in it. That prison probably was legendary. People talked about how great it was. Nobody wants to be in prison. But imagine to have order and respect and humility. And that you didn't lose 
your significance as a human being because you were paying a price for indecision or a bad decision. It didn't diminish you as a created human being by God Almighty. I'm sure Joseph encouraged many in there to repent, to reflect on how they got there. And for those who would leave, how they were going to live their lives differently and how they were going to have a concept of relationship with God. See, it's important to get your vertical right. You're up and down before you branch out to your horizontal, which is on either your left or your right. A lot of us are expecting too much from broken people, from hurt people, from people who are disconnected, perhaps from God. We're waiting on them to make us whole. We're waiting on them to say things to us that they probably will never say in the state that they're in. It's important that we be healed because then we can Encourage them and show them the way. But we have to recognize that there's a Father in heaven who loves us, who cares for us. And has a great plan and purpose for our lives. And that he wants us to come to him. And to let us know. That. It is all going to work out. For our favor. He understands. That we want things quickly. But it's important that things happen in their proper time and space. It's like seasons. You can't get to summer until there's been a winter. Because after winter comes spring, then summer, then fall. They come in order. Order. Divine order is important. Imagine if things could just be changed so quickly. 
There are people now who have a problem with change. It's a blessing that we serve. Almighty God, who's never changing, that we can see him in his word, in the present, and for those things to come, and can have that blessed assurance, that trust in knowing that he is who he says he is, and he's going to do what he says he's going to do, because he did this without us, his creation. This was God the Father, God the Son, and the God, God the Holy Spirit. Who did this? It's glorious. It's perfect. It's eternal. It's blessing upon blessing upon blessing. You cannot even comprehend. It's too mind-blowing for us. I appreciate having God the Father in my life. I appreciate That I'm able to pray to a heavenly father. One that has victory after victory after victory. Like when we discussed last week about Joshua. That the promised land was already theirs. Even though. They became very disobedient soon after they were led out of Egypt. So much so that they had to spend 40 more years in the wilderness in order just to be prepared in their heart to receive the promised land. It was important that their hearts be right or else they would have been like any of those other ites. What would have been different? It's important. That we recognize. God's divine order. His spiritual authority. See, he has a name. And when you pray to him, you have to pray to him in his name. Why pray to a God that you don't respect his name and his character? And you question it. But you want something from him. Then you need to pray to that God that you want to make. That you need to create. And I hope that it works out for you. 
but the God of the Holy Bible? Oh. Your worship must be in spirit and in truth. It tells us that's in John 4, 23. True worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. What truth is it in referring to him to something that he's not? He clearly tells us in his word how he wants to be addressed. When we remember something that some of us are familiar with, the Lord's Prayer. And I was told by a great man of God that is actually the disciples' prayer. Because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is teaching them how to pray. It says, Our Father. Just think about that. And we look at the men and the women of this great story of redemption and reconciliation and forgiveness and repentance. That it was the Father they cried out to. See, there's only so much your earthly father can do, your earthly mother can do, your earthly self can do, your earthly children, and all those that you love and know. Oh, but when you refer to the father, he can dispatch angels, which are created beings. But they do the Father's bidding. See. See, there's natural revelation. Or general revelation. Then there's that that's supernatural. Proper relationship. It's important that we remember that having the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The book of Proverbs is a great place to start. It will definitely help you get your vertical right. We remember David and when the prophet Nathan came to him and pointed out to him some things that he had done based on a comparison that he had talked about. David immediately said, I have sinned against you, Lord, and only you. See, when his child got sick, he prayed to the Father. But God had told him what he was going to do. 
And when his child had died, David was ready to eat. He was ready to get dressed. He was ready to resume his life and his duties as a king. Because he had the blessed assurance of knowing where his son was. He knew his son was with the father. David didn't have any doubt in his mind that when God would call him home, that he would be reconciled with his son. Communication is important. Proper communication is everything with God. It needs to be proper in how we live and breathe. There can be no question or doubts or illusions in your mind, in your heart, body, soul, and spirit of who he is. I have a first name, I have a middle name, and I have a last name. But if you don't address me, any of those names, then you probably won't get a response from me. How do we communicate properly when we cannot address one another properly? It's a very, very powerful lesson here. And it comes down a lot to, as one of my dear sisters in Christ would say, things understood need not be said. And what would be the agenda in a season called now to start referring to God as God the Mother? Who would that benefit? When he's the God of yesterday, today, and the God of evermore. So who's benefiting by that agenda? And where does God the mother live? And what is God the mother's plan for sin? Because we're all sinners. And we're all going to die. So what is God the mother's plan for salvation? For redemption? For repentance? For forgiveness? See, the Almighty God I serve is the God of miracles, signs, and wonders. Who would God the mother be? Where does she fit into this plan? 
And when did she come on the scene? And who was her child? Who would be her apostles? Who would be her ministers? What seven churches did she set up, if she set up seven churches at all? I have a lot of questions. Because God the Mother is not interchangeable. What God's word is in the Holy Scriptures. See, I need a Savior in my life. I need one that can say that if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. I need one that can make intercession on my behalf to the Father. I need one that can command the angels. I need one that can bring the dead to life. I need one that can create that that can defeat the devil. And even the devil of the scriptures know that he's a defeated foe. So, where does God the mother fit into that narrative? It's not biblical. This is God's word. This is not just his word, it's his holy word. It's the word that is endured for over two centuries. And what name has more power than Jesus? What name has more power than that? He doesn't speak of God and himself as a mother to be interchanged with him. No. He doesn't. That ought to let you know something. We have to be very careful when we have these new movements that want to embrace a concept and try to elevate it to that of God Almighty. The Most High God. The Creator of the heaven and the earth. The 
the one that can speak a word. And it will be manifested. And not only will it be manifested, it will be good. Be careful of those who would like to deceive you as the serpent deceived Eve in the garden. Be very careful. Because if we will recall in Genesis 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Two, and the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. Three, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Four, then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. There's nobody like God. Remember who he is. Remember how he likes to be addressed. Do not be fooled. Know that our Lord and Savior has said in his own word that if you've seen the Father, you have seen him. God the Father is biblical. God the Mother is not. I thank the wonderful people at GodQuestions.org for being a wonderful source of answering biblical questions. We love you and God bless you. Save the lost at all costs. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvb.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please 
please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.